Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Lord, be on my mind, be on my lips, and in my heart. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And laying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his wounds, his sores. And when the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And from the netherworld, where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water to cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, Remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. So he said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Listen to them. And he said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. And then Abraham said, They will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's first reading in Gospel give us a very plain image that really doesn't need a lot of explaining. And it's a difficult image, it can be a challenging image. The first reading from the prophet Amos, the prophet inspired by God, is condemning those who are very wealthy, that live in luxury while at the same time not becoming ill when their brother Joseph has collapsed. In other words, living in their wealth, closing their eyes to the suffering and the poverty of others. And for that, God condemns them through the prophets. The Gospel, Jesus gives us a very challenging parable. There was a rich man and at his door was a poor man. The poor man's name was Lazarus. 
The rich man didn't have a name. God knows the poor by name and has a special affinity, even though God loves all. And when the rich man died, he went to hell. The poor man went to heaven. We're not told a lot of other things about these two characters, right? We don't know exactly what the rich man thought, his background, why he was able to step over Lazarus every day. And we don't know much about Lazarus, why he was poor, what the conditions were. Judgment, according to this parable, is simply because the poor man existed while the rich man did nothing. That is a powerful message. You know, there are other parts of the Gospel that talk about what's needed for salvation, faith, morality, following the commandments. But our care for the poor is very central to all the Gospels. This same passage we'll find in a different way in Matthew chapter 25. You know the story. When Jesus separates the sheep from the goats at the second coming, and what's the criteria? Did you feed the hungry? Did you clothe the naked? Did you shelter to the homeless? Visit the imprisoned and the sick? And so, in Christianity, the care for the poor, not turning a blind eye, is a central teaching to our faith. And there is also, in the early church, a lot still written in the letters of St. Paul and in the Acts of the Apostles. The early church was recognized for many things. The blood of the martyrs, the faith and the love, one of the most characteristic signs of the early church is how they cared for the poor. It's in all the writings outside of Scripture. It's in the Scripture. And there were many divisions in the early church between Jews and Gentiles. And those brought up difficult things about what to do with dietary laws, what to do with circumcision, how to follow the Mosaic law or not. But one thing they all had in common, we read it in Galatians chapter 2, when St. Paul went to Peter and the other disciples to present to them the gospel he was preaching, and they said, this is indeed the authentic gospel, just be careful of one thing, be sure to care for the poor. Of all the differences of the people of the early church, one of the main characteristics that caused others to see Christ and to be converted, one of the things they had in common amongst all their differences was their care for the poor. And there is a theology for it. The saints tell us this. St. Francis especially tells us this. But if God, and we hear it in the responsorial psalm or the Alleluia, God who was rich became poor so that we who were poor could share in the riches of God. And in Matthew 25, Jesus, when he talks about the need to give shelter to the homeless or feed the poor, says, whenever you do this to one of the least of mine, you do it to 
You see, God joined us in our humanity. God, who was infinitely rich, chose to be poor, born in a stable, chose to suffer due to our sins. We can still today minister to that Christ by serving those who suffer and are poor. They have a special affinity in God's heart preferential option to the poor, even though he loves all. St. Francis would tell us that when we serve them and relieve their suffering, we serve Christ. And so, I wondered this week, how about you, how are we doing as a human race caring for the poor? It's a research project I would invite all to undertake. Many of you may have already. But turns out, I think the numbers can be encouraging. 200 years ago, 84% of the world's population lived in extreme poverty. Now, when you get into statistics, what's the definition of extreme poverty and relating for different countries in the world is difficult. But, in general, it's pretty much agreed among those who study these things that and 200 years ago, 84% of the people lived in extreme poverty. Today, 10% of the world lives in extreme poverty. And that's despite an eight-fold increase in population. 200 years ago, there were about 1 billion. Today, there's about 8 billion people. And extreme poverty has decreased from about 84% to about 10%. What's even more encouraging is over the last 30, 40 years, those in extreme poverty have decreased by two-thirds. So that in 1990, there were 1.9 billion in extreme poverty, and today there's only, only 650 million. Why the progress most recently? Because international organizations, United Nations, charities, governments have made it a goal to eradicate extreme poverty by 2030. And we were on track for that, but it's been set back now. We don't think we're going to make that. And some of the reasons might be the pandemic, the economy, the war in Ukraine. But what an idea, what a noble goal, what greater work could humanity together, despite all our differences, work toward? Again, a mandate of our faith, not to turn a blind eye to the poor. And so, I believe, and I challenge you, and you may already be doing it, that a central part of our faith, going to church, praying for others, doing good, requires that we decide how we're going to respond to Lazarus. We can't simply walk and step over him and live in our wealth. And although we differ here, most of us, compared to the world, are extremely wealthy. And so, how do we use money? support different organizations to relieve poverty. Home 
and abroad? What do you believe are some of the approaches that are most effective? Study it. Support it. How do we vote? How do we advocate for the poor in our society and in our communities? How do we treat them? Do we walk by or do we help or do we at least acknowledge, talk? This is a special challenge for all of us. And in conclusion, I was haunted by a phrase in the gospel especially when it comes to the possibility of eradicating extreme poverty in the world and that noble goal that we can all work towards. Jesus, towards the end of the Gospel, in both Mark, John, and Matthew, a woman anoints his feet just before his death, and she uses this rich, aromatic, large uh, ointment in an alabaster jar and breaks it. And the disciples complain she could have used that money for the poor. And Jesus says, the poor you always have with you. What does Jesus mean by that? Is that going to be okay? Well, it turns out that this is one of the most common passages people use to neglect the poor. But if you think about that some more, Jesus was probably saying that I'm going to die in just a few days. And she treated me with the money that would have gone to the poor because I am poor. And when you treat the poor this way, you treat me this way. You anoint me. The passage that the poor will always be with you comes from Deuteronomy chapter 15. And the entire chapter talks about our obligation to reach out to the poor, to open our hands and our hearts. And the phrase actually says, the poor will always be with you, so open your hand to them. The poor becomes an opportunity for us to show our love for Christ by serving them. It's where the rubber meets the road, if you will. It's one of the ways that God has given us to worship Him and to build up the human community, to share our riches. Riches we receive from Christ with us.